This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. And a study, we actually began a study months back on the purpose of the family. And we're going to, I want to conclude with this part of my session this morning. But uh, I'm going to... Uh, I want to go over some things, go back over some things that I think are very important. I, uh, the, the, the subject was, there, therefore, was the purpose of the family. And my part was, therefore, shall a, leave, shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And that's really what I want to focus on, the leaving and the cleaving process. I want to make sure. And I think, you know, as I studied, as I went over it, it's all about the importance. <clears throat> the importance, the, where the focus of the importance should be as it pertains to the effort that has to be put into it, the, the, your, your, your effort and in in the importance of it, how, you, how important this is. A lot of times people, they don't realize that they're operating in some type of leaving and cleaving, but how could I say, it's, it's, it's there in the home, the children see it, I, I look at it this way. The leaving and cleaving process... Because a lot of times you think we thought that that happens outside. It's like when the child leaves. Now it's time to leave the father and mother and cleave to your wife. And that process has been going on all the while, all the wean while. Because what have you been doing with your husband and with your wife in the process as your children are at home? See, the teaching process is there. That's your hands-on experience of the learning and learning the, the leaning and cleaving. Now the children must be able to see that in operation in a strong fashion. You know, I, I consider this, and, and, and I will say this, I believe, you know, as I, even if, I, if you talk to Brother Hill, Minister Hill, as his father, as he pertains to things that he saw in his home, I guarantee you that he operates it in his family with his wife. Because I, I remember just certain situations how he would talk about chasing his wife in his home. He would talk about doing things, the, the effort, the attention that he would put forth towards her. All those things are leaving and cleaving, are teaching your child to leave and clean. And it's the importance of that and them being able to see it. It's about what you leave in your home and how you leave it. See, there are certain things in your home that you refuse to leave and your children see that. They, choose, they, they see that you refuse to leave certain attitudes, certain things. It, it, and it goes across the board from your job to things that are like, my thing is, the leaving and cleaving process, it requires attention, special attention given to the wife. So that requires that you be present at home with your wife. It requires not always being consumed with everything else. Because once again, the child sees what your child sees you do with your wife. A lot of times that's how they're going to be with their wives. The importance you place on your wife, that's the importance they're going to place. The importance that your child, your female child, sees you place on her, on, on your, your, her mother is how she's going to expect people to, to she thinks, well, I, this is all right. This is the way my father treated my mom. When necessarily that's not true. That was not acceptable. But you, because you taught that's what is acceptable in a home, she thinks I have to settle for this. Because all men are the same. And all men are not the same. See, God requires you to be a certain example in your home, and you have to be that example in your home. So we'll go to, let's start off in Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read Genesis chapter 2, and then we're going to run to Matthew chapter 19, and then we're going to go from there. Remembering that the call, remember when we started this teaching, 
We stated that the call is to produce. God has a call on every family and it's to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. And there's statements that I'm going to make that are they were in my notes that I think my thing is I, I, I look at these statements and I see what they don't say. And those things minister to me. So I want to talk about something that, that a statement is in our my notes that something that it doesn't say that you really have to focus on. We mentioned that the, be, the beginning of the family is the marriage between the male and the female. But before the marriage, we will find a single individual male and a single individual female. And that state of being unmarried is of utmost importance. Why is it so important as it pertains to marriage? And we discussed that. Because purpose doesn't start at the marriage covenant. It must be in place before the marriage covenant. Why? Because purpose is from the very beginning. And this is the exact place that Jesus took the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 19, which we will get to. But in chapter 2 of Genesis, let's start there. Verse 15. And the, Lord took God, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. It's interesting that he gives him work and then he says, I need, You need some help for this work. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam... There was not found and help meet for him. None of these people were able to, none of these things, none of these creations were able to help him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he said, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh Matthew chapter 19 and it came to pass in verse 1 and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan and great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God had joined together, let no man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then give to give command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And my thing is, out of this teaching, what came about was the work to stay together. You know, a lot of times, and I made mention because that was the whole dilemma in Matthew chapter 19. The whole thing is, 
Of course, they came to trip him up. But his, their question was, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And even, they even come back and got legal with Jesus and said, well, Moses in the law said he gave us a law commanding us that we can put away our wife. He said, that, he said, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, he suffered you to do so. And God will suffer you to do whatever you want to do in your marriage covenant. But what God, see, the thing is, people work so hard legally to find ways to separate or to get away from their wife. Not understanding that there's more damage in getting away from the wife than it is. See, for believers, we're not the world. The world finds ways to get away from the wife. Believers should be finding a way to stay put and stay together. That is the believer. No, I have to find a way to stay committed. I have to find a way. And the way is the leaving and the cleaving process. See, when God says, the, the, I put the man in the garden to dress and keep it, the word dress denotes work. It denotes a lot of work, an exceeding amount, a seeding amount of work. It, it requires much labor. And the word uh, keep talks about maintaining something. So I looked at it this way for the dressing and keeping. Those are your job titles, man. You are a dresser and you are a keeper. That's who you are. She is not the dresser. She is not the keeper. You are the living example in your home of what you're supposed to do to put to dress things up, to work hard. See, if you don't work hard at your marriage, she's going to think she is not important. She's not going to consider that marriage important. She's not going to put into that marriage what she needs to put into that marriage. That's why it's so important that you work it. You work your marriage and then you maintain it. It speaks of, see, God is not just interested in your marriage covenant being successful, but really it's not. It's just successful in your eyes when you are not able to pass on that seed, that godly seed. When you're not able to produce, see, your child should love his wife even more than you loved yours. It should be, what I mean by that, it should be seen. He should go above and beyond what you did. He should have, like, you know what, if I put you, see, and it all comes about in what position and what place you place your child in. Because, see, you can only work with, always remember this, my brother, you can only work with what, what you've been given. You cannot work with anything else. See, when you try, and I'm going to get into this, when you try to, 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 um, to how can I say it? Not mimic, because you should live, uh, try to follow someone's example. But when you try to live at where somewhere else, someone else is at in your marriage, or where you perceive them to be at, there's going to be a lot of trouble in your marriage. Because you're going to be working with something you do not have. And what somebody else was prepared to do that you were not prepared to do. Because not everyone is positioned to live the life where another person is living. They're not. But your position to leave and cleave, you're able to do that wherever you're at. And you're able to be successful wherever you're at. Because she married you knowing where you were at. She should not try to put you in a place where you are not. See, I'm not talking about encouraging and influencing you to go forward. I'm talking about commanding and wanting something that she knows that when she got into this marriage covenant, you were not there. Does that make sense to you? And I'm talking about bringing some, some, having some peace in your home. That's where I'm talking. Peace in your home. Where it's not, where, where you know, of course, I'm not talking about being lazy and, uh, for a man. I'm just talking about knowing where you're at and working to get where you need to get. Because it's different about being sad, complacent, stagnant, and just right there, I'm not doing this. This is what you married. This is what you got. You know, you ain't getting nothing else. Now, that's foolish. But when you know that you're at a place 
work where where the work with where you are at. Stay right there. So we're going to go back to Matthew chapter 19. We're going to stay there. But we talked about the highest priority is the direction of the home. And it can only go where the male is headed. Why? Because he is the dresser and he is the keeper. He is the example of the work. Your children have to see that example of the work in you males, in you husbands, in you fathers. They have to be the example. You have to be the example of the work. But it can only go where the male is headed. And I made mention, and we're going to just swing back, well, swing right by it, but it doesn't mean wherever the man is going is the direction of the home. Once again, you have to have, and we made this statement, you and your husband have to have the direction of the home. You and your husband. It's not just given for his insight. Because remember, you're his help me. You know, that father should have taught you this is the direction of the home, male, female. He should have taught you this is where the direction, but you should have been able to see it. When they leave, they should see. When your child leaves your home, they should be able to see that the highest priority was the direction of the home that God set. Not that you set. That God set that direction. And you'll see it in the, in the, in the, in the small areas. That I'm, hey, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay put. See, a person that's been showed how to leave and cleave, they stay put. They stay put with where you're at, they're at and they make it work. So, the direction of the home, and we're gonna get to financial responsibility of what I just mentioned, but we're gonna go back to the leaving and cleaving process. And Matthew, and I want you to write this because we, we went kind of fast and I got 30 minutes. I'm exactly where I need to be. But we, when, when I talked, told you about the leaving and cleaving process, I told you I want you to consider it that which solidifies the marriage relationship. Solidifies the marriage relationship for the purpose of God. And it's very important that you look at that word solidify. What does it mean to solidify? Solidify talks about to make solid, unite firmly and consolidate. It means to make solid, unite firmly. Remember, leaving and cleaving, it talks about the purpose is to become one. So solidifying it is making it one. It's making it so, so you think I have to have this leaving and cleaving process down because this is what's going to solidify this marriage relationship for the purpose of God. So it talks about making it solid, unif- to unif- unite firmly and consolidate. And to consolidate means to bring together separate parts into a single unified whole. But the part that I want you to focus on, on consolidate, it talks about to discard the unused and unwanted items of. To discard the unused and the unwanted items thereof that are there, the unused and unwanted items, to organize the remaining. So... Once I remember, I told you that it's required that you be present. It requires communication in your leaving and cleaving process. You have to be able to communicate with your wife because there's things that you may think that this she wants that she really does not like. And you can, and she, ha, and you got to consider that her as you are unique. I have to find out what you desire, what you like, what things that 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 trigger you to respond the way you're supposed to respond. See, that requires being present and communicating because there are some things that you're going to have to discard of. Unwanted and unused, you know, that doesn't work for us. That may work for somebody else, but those things that don't work, I've got to put those away because I have to make this work. So, once again, it means to make solid, unite firmly, 
or consolidate. And to consolidate is to discard unused and unwanted items of to organize the remaining. And this is where we left it. This is where we started to get into the leaving. Matthew chapter 19, as we read it, it says, and we'll start at verse 4, when he's speaking to the Pharisees, and he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this cause. And I'm like, For what cause? And it always was because for the cause that he made male and female. We understand about procreation. But we get insight of why he made the male and why he made the female and why he wants them to leave and cleave. And it was all what they were going to produce for him. Not necessarily for this world, but what they were going to produce for him. Procreation is given to all mankind. But what God is seeking is someone who's going to love him. Someone who's going to serve him. Someone who's going to be committed to his purpose. And that's what you are going to produce if you leave and you cleave properly. Okay, so we come down to the word leave. We're going to read, continue reading. Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh. And I said, the Greek word for leave is liepo, which is L-E-I-P-O. But what Jesus used was not liepo. He used an intensified form of the word. He used the word kata liepo, made up of two Greek words, which is kata and liepo, which not only means to leave, it means to abandon completely. So it was not, Jesus was not just talking about, hey, just leave your father and mother and cleave to your wife. He was saying, you got to abandon some things completely. He was not necessarily just talking about leaving. He was talking about how you leave. The process of how you do it. And I made mention, I thought it was a good example, how people say they leave a relationship. And I'm talking about just relationships that are not married relationships. You know, I'm no longer with this guy. But they carry about, you know, they follow him on social media. They, they you know, they still have his number. They still have different things from him. They, they haven't left that person. Because that person is caught up in their heart and in their mind. And there are certain things that people do not leave because they're still holding on tight. For When you leave things in your marriage, they have to be abandoned. It's how you do it. See, when, think about this. It's the intensity. It's the effort that you put into it. When you approach your wife with just that ado, she thinks that this is not important to you. You can go about in, in, the, in the most insignificant thing that you might think. Let's say that you have to buy a gift for your wife. And, and you just you do it at the last minute. And there's no effort into it. No, no, no looking into this is what I'm going to put some effort into it. And you give it to her in that fashion. How will she receive it? It's, when she knows that you didn't put the time into this, you didn't prepare for this, you didn't see that this was important to you. That's a leaving process. That's a leaving and cleaving. Because there's certain things that's see in the home as you grow up, there's certain things that are there. There's dependency, not only financially. But you're depending on them emotionally. You're depending. You're, you're depending. Your security is wait. You're waiting to be secure in your home. Every child not only dependent, but they're also looking to be bailed out of trouble. In a home, a child, and they should expect to be bailed out of trouble because they will get into some trouble. And I'm not talking about just just excusing what they do, but they you should be there for your child. 
But see, a lot of times a child hasn't left that because they saw that in you. That you always depended. See, like security. And I, and I thought security was the, the, the best example for me because you have to be secure is that you shouldn't... I, I used to tell this brother this all the time because he would, he would be concerned about other things outside of his home. And I'm like, brother, as long as your wife is for you and your children are for you, you'll be fine. He said, you should just focus on your home. See, don't expect other people... And I'm going to say, see, a, 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 a child that's been married, especially young men that have been married, that choice you made is your choice that you made. And you should be proud of the choice that you made. As it pertains, when you're going to get married, make sure that you're proud of your choice when you're making that choice. Because you should not let nobody sway you about what choice you made as it pertains to... See, you don't need nobody to tell you how pretty your wife is. You don't need to tell you, man, you made a good, you made a good choice. You don't need people to tell you that. You should know this is a choice. Oh, no, I know what kind of choice I made. I know. See, because if you need other people, then other people are going to validate you in your marriage. As you're married, they're going to try to validate you and like, no, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. This is what you need to do. See, running with the boys is out of the question when you're married. It's out of the question. What I mean by that, she should, she should be your hanging buddy. And that doesn't mean you don't have fellowship with other brothers as it pertains to marriage. Married brothers or group uh, fellowships like in churches. But I'm talking about you need your boys. You need the things that you used to do when you're single. I can't leave those things. I'm a gamer then. I was a gamer then and I'm a gamer now. You know, I love to play some games. And that's not And what I'm talking about. There's everything fine in, in, in its balance. But I'm talking about when you can't leave certain things. You know, the job is the biggest thing because in the home, and we'll get to this, one of the statements is, it doesn't mean that the highest priority, which it mentions the highest priorities in the home is the, is the direction of the home, and it can only go where the male is headed, but it talks about financial responsibility because people want to put financial responsibility at the top when they get married. I have to make sure that I'm financially... And you do have to make sure that you're doing your part. But when it's time to be at work, be at work. But when it's time to be home, be home. You have to be home because that's what they see. Because remember, it's about... When you leave that... When your child leaves that home, it should be... They saw that the highest priority in the home was the direction that God set in the home. And not my, my father's job. It was not my father's friend's. It was not my mother's friends. It was not, that was not the focus of my home. And I saw the focus in my home. And I saw the direction that my home went. And I saw how my mother treated my, 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 my father treated my mother. And my mother responded to my father. I saw all these things in operation. So I know how this works. So when I get into marriage, I can leave certain things. I can abandon them completely. Because I know those things are not important in this covenant. They're not. You've got to understand there are certain things that are just not important in your marriage relationship. So, to understand this word lead properly, we have to, to lead properly and how we use it in an intensified word. We've got to understand what the word intensified means. And it means existing or occurring in a high extreme or degree. Existing or occurring in a high extreme or a high degree. It means strenuous or earnest in activity. 
exertion. It's interesting that I may mention that you are a dresser and keeper, but your job title, your job description really is to dress and to keep. And that is work. They, my brothers, if, you, if we would focus, and I'm saying, if we would focus on the dressing and keeping, even in our unmarried state, how we can dress, because there is a way that you can operate in dressing and keeping, even in your unmarried state. And it's called being a gentleman. Being kind. See, Boaz operated in leaving and cleaving. He knew how to protect Ruth. He knew how to make sure that she was taken. And that he knew how to make sure that, hey, brother, sister, if I'm not the one, I want to make sure you get with the one that you need to be with. See, because remember, he was the one, but he said there was another one that's in line before me. Let's see how he's going to operate in this. See, people don't understand that I can, under, I can, I can operate in leaving and cleaving in, even in my single state. I'm not going to necessarily cleave. Don't get me wrong. We're not cleaving, but I know how to leave. And you should be able to understand when a child is left home and ready to cleave. See, a child that's left home and understands that I am, I am leaving father and mother, I am cleaving, I'm ready to cleave, they, they walk a certain way. They respond a certain way. They know how to, because everything is about being under authority with God. So, we have to understand that intense, that word intense is existing or occurring in a high extreme or degree. The word leave in this passage of Scripture, again, is used in an intensified form, where it's just not referring to leaving, but how one leaves. And then he brings it back to cleave, and he does it again. He said, I'm not just talking about you cleaving, it's how you cleave. See, the word cleave is also used in an intensified word, and it's come from a Greek word, means koleo. K-O-L-A-O. K-O-L-L-A-O. But he uses it as an intensified and uses two Greek words, prokoleo. Which not only means to, and it, and it talks about not only to connect, which means kaleo, but it means to glue together. I want to glue myself to you. And when this, this thing, this intensified thing, this is a process of working, of making sure you're doing your job. So when I told you these two words, they're so important to me. I thought the importance of them, you have to understand the importance and the effort that goes into them. Because if you don't understand the importance of them and the effort, you'll just go by living life that, it's, hey, it's, whatever happens, happens. And believe me or not, when you, even you, when you have whatever happens, happens, you put something into play to happen. Even though you think nothing, you know, well, I didn't do anything to cause this. No, you did something to cause it. When you don't operate properly in the leaving, cleaving process, you're going to produce somebody that's abusive. You're going to produce somebody that doesn't care but any, for anybody but themselves. You're going to produce that selfishness. You're going to produce somebody that's just looking out for them. And see, that's the problem in marriage. He said, Moses suffered you to do that because of the hardness of your heart. He said, no, you want it your way. And when you leave and cleave properly in your home, you produce a child that's not looking for his own way. He's not looking to do things any way he wants. He has learned a way to treat somebody. Remember, if you don't know how to treat your wife, he is not going to treat girls right. He is not. If you don't, if, if you don't see, if you don't show him purposely, this is what we do. This is how we do it. If you don't show her how she needs to be treated, she's, once again, she's going to settle. 
She's going to settle for the first person that pays attention to how she looks. And that's terrible. I, you see, people are going to notice how your child looks. That's the first thing they're going to notice. But when a person... Well, I, I think, and I tell you, there's nothing worse than a beautiful, dumb woman. And I'm talking about where, where they have no knowledge, they have no self. That's what I'm talking about. When it's, I'm not talking about education. I'm talking about no self-worth. No, no, where they just take anything. They dress anyway. They act anyway. They, you know, they respond in certain ways. You know, there's nothing worse to me than a woman that always wants to be right. But there's nothing worse than a man that always wants to be right. You know, there's both ways. But the leaving and cleaving process makes room for somebody to be taken care of. It makes room for and say, you know what? I have to teach my son this because I don't want no one's child to be abused. I don't want no one's child to be taken advantage of. That's how important it is to leave and cleave properly in your home. So let's examine Ruth and Elijah in these last few minutes of our time. Let's start with Elijah. Let's go to... to 1 Kings chapter 19. And I think this is probably where we're going to end with Elijah, but let's find out. 1 Kings chapter 19. And then I want to make a statement that's in the beginning of my notes that I wanted to focus on that came out. My notes say this. That the direction of the home is the highest priority and it can only go where the male is headed. But it says, financial responsibility and care of the family, while it is important in its place, does not carry the highest significance. It's important, but it doesn't carry the highest significance. And you're going to see how this comes into play. We're going to, we're going to talk about this. In 1 Kings chapter 19, and this is after... Elijah's dealings with Jezebel and how God, you know, Elijah was in a place where he was, he felt like, hey, I'm all alone. I'm doing this all by myself. And God is reminding him, no, you know, you're not alone and you're not doing this all by yourself. And regardless of what's happening in your life, I need you to pass something on. And that's a good point, because regardless of what's happening in your home, you have to pass something on. It doesn't matter. You have to work to get it right. Even when you've got it wrong. Even when you got it wrong and you've missed it, God is not against you. God is not against you in your home. He's like, no, something has to be passed on. Get out of your cave. He told Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing here? You know, you, you don't belong here. This is what I want you to do. It's interesting that after he brought him out of his claim, he said, I need you to pass something on. I need you to go anoint a king and I need you to go anoint a prophet. I need you to put some things in place for the next generation. Because once again, you have what you have and you can only work with what you have. So wherever where you're at, you better find out what do I have to do to work this to get it to a place where I need it to be. It doesn't matter where you're at. God already knows where you are at. So it doesn't matter. Do with what you have, with what you have, the information that you have, the understanding that you have. Go, it's hands on now. I have to put this to work in my home. So he said, I need you to go anoint Elisha in your room. So here's the, the point where he comes to Elijah in verse 19. So Elijah departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle 
upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my mother, my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and bulled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. You know, and first thought when we look at these without actually studying it out, we miss some things. So Elijah, and I I like what one commentary said, Elijah was plowing with 12 yoke yoke of oxen. Really, that's not 12 oxen, that's like 24 oxen. Because they're yoked, it's 12 pairs of oxen. And he states, this signifies that he's he's a man of wealth. He was probably, he said, a man of wealth. He probably had some things going on. He probably, because he was actually working and he was doing his job. And then he says that when Elijah came by, that he, he actually put, Elijah put his mantle on him and he understood what that meant. Elisha, he was not a place where he didn't understand what, he, what that meant. Something was being passed on to them. He understood that God was calling him. He had an understanding of it. Because in his days, that's what they were doing. See, Elijah knew God is just not calling anybody that he's not dealing with. He was calling Elisha. And Elisha knew. And then we think that Elijah didn't have certain priorities straight. But I want you to read how other passages of Scripture read that passage of Scripture as we look into how we're going to continue reading in verse 20 of the Message Bible. It says, And Elijah deserted the oxen and ran after Elisha and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye. Then I will follow you. Elijah said, Go ahead, but mind you, don't forget what I've just done for you. He said, he left his oxen. See, the thing about it, when God, he was saying, there was, this was a ceremony in, there, in those days. The ceremony that he was being bestowed an office. He was given an office. He was given, just like God is calling you. Remember, the call to the family, the call to the family is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn will get God's will done on this earth. See, the call, when he said, from the beginning, it was not so. That's the reason I made male and female, was for the call. I've passed something on to you so that you can make sure that you're doing what you need to do. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man pull asunder. God is looking for something in your unity, but he can only get it as you do your job. See, remember, you're a dresser, you're a keeper, but you have a job description. And that job description is how to learn to cleave and learn to leave and cleave properly, even in that process. So Elijah, it's interesting. We look at there's certain things that that your child has to be able to see in your home. So we'll, we'll go back to the home. This is and I said this process of leaving and cleaving must begin in the home. It must be to me. You learn how to leave and cleave in your local church. You learn through the word of God. You learn that. But hands on is that where is at your home. It's now it's time to put what I took and put hands on it. They have to see it in operation. So how do they see it in operation? Let's go back to what I said. Financial responsibility, though it carries its high significance, it's not the highest priority. So now you get married. And I want you to go to 1 Timothy. First Timothy 
Let me see where that passage of Scripture is at. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we'll start at verse 6. So now you get married. And here's the temptation. And I made mention of that earlier. Let's read Timothy chapter 6 before we run out of some time. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Here is, lies the temptation in a marriage. It's to focus on the wrong thing. Because remember, they're watching you. They're watching what you do and how you respond to your husband, how you act towards your wife and how you respond to your husband. And I made mention that the leaving and cleaving process requires that special attention. So that requires that you be present and touch, on, touch your wife and make sure she understands or make sure you understand what she desires and how that home needs to operate. So you can't be consumed with what you think is high significance financial responsibility. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting at verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's a certain we can carry nothing out. But having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. See, I made mention that when you're dealing in your home, you can only work with what you have. You can't work with what someone else has. Only with what you have. So, you have a family and you understand that certain people have been positioned to do certain things that you have not. Because maybe your parents, maybe you're coming to the knowledge of what you need to do now. But you knew God knew, just like Elijah, that he would be in a place that he thought he was insignificant. That like, it's just not working for me. Regardless of what you think. Like, you know what, I wish I would have been left in a better position. And you're not. You can only work with what you have. So you see other people that have been positioned for certain things. And I'm talking about, let's, let's talk natural. Certain people have been positioned to be educated. And as it pertains to college and their degrees, they were positioned to do that. But certain people were not necessarily positioned to do that. But you still have a marriage. You still have a covenant. And God requires you to succeed in that covenant. And you can do it without you thinking, I have to go and make sure I can live up or, or I can keep up with the Joneses. With whoever it is. And I'm not talking necessarily the Joneses in this ministry, but whoever it is. So you see them and say, I see how they take care of their wife. I see how they do this and I see how... They... And you should be able to take care of your wife exactly where you're at. You should be able to, to minister to your wife exactly where you're at. But you go out and try to do certain things. And you put your home in a place where it doesn't need to be. Now, you're always about work. You're always about not being present. And then you say that your wife is important and your children is important, but they don't see that as the most important thing in their life. They see that your job is more important than they are. You're always on call. You're always having to leave. You're never there. You don't put, now, I'm not talking about being in a place where you're there. Now, I'm talking about having to get to a place where you need to be. See... Once again, the leaving and cleaving process, it requires special attention. I look at it this way. As we thought about Ruth. Ruth is... See, nobody gets... I'm like, 
Anybody that gets married, I'm like, nobody gets married unless you're foolish. And I'm talking about people in their right mind. People in their right mind, nobody gets married to get divorced. Nobody gets married to get divorced. I don't care who you think you are, who, who, you, who you know, but even those, even as females, I, 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 because females, they get attached. And then they, they desire and they want. But I'm like this. It's like Ruth. She's like, entreat me not to leave thee. Entreat me not or to return from following me. I look at it as a cry of a spouse, of a female spouse. It says, don't entreat me because I don't want to be left. I don't want to leave you. It's, look at Ruth's commitment. She said, where you go, I'll go. He goes, where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. See, why was Ruth so adamant in her cleaving? So like, I'm going to cleave to you. It's because of what she left. Ruth, as she met Boaz, Boaz said this to her, and I'm, I, I'm considering you a people that understand that, that, that passage of Scripture, because I don't have time to actually go it. But Ruth, when he approached her, he said, it has been declared to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law. All that you have done and how you left your nativity, how you left your people. He said, it's been declared. See, she was a Moabite. She was a Moabite. These people sacrificed their children. Think about it. That's amazing. She, these people would sacrifice their children for prosperity, but she was put into covenant to bring forth a child. See, the world does all sorts of things to sacrifice their children so that they can get ahead. And Ruth was brought out of those people, those people. And she said, I'm going to put you in a place because your heart is different. See, she said, I'm willing to leave all of that behind. I'm, see, you can, you can find out where a man is by what he's, really, what he's willing to leave behind, even in a single state. What are you willing to leave behind, even right now? What have you left? Are you still acting like a child? Do you still want all these? Do you still know all? Oh, and, and, and my brothers and sisters, think about your, uh, your founding pastor. He was a very well-educated man as it pertains to sports, as it pertains to weather. He knew certain things. But... His highest priority when he got with us was always the word of God. When he got with us, it was always God's word that he brought forth. But you, it's about who your your statistics, your this, your that. I know all these things. I know this of the world. I know that of the world. I know this of the world. And, and, and a female looks at it that's established in the word and says, you're just a child. You have not grown up yet. Because, see, remember, there's nothing. See, you heard that there's something wrong with knowing that. And I didn't say that. You can know those things and still be a man that's after God. And see, and that's what a female should be looking. That's what you fathers should be teaching. See, but when they saw that in your home, that that's what you're all about. Say, so, you know, I, I found somebody just like my daddy. He loves the cowboys. He, he loves, you know, he, he loves this. He loves this. You know, he, he, and all of it is natural. All of it is about what you went after. But, he, but you should, your child should be able to say, you know what? My father, understanding that he could, he, he understanding where he was at, understanding he made provision for our home. He made sure we had what we had, but he was there. When it was time to be there, my dad was there. When it was time to, 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 to comfort my mother, when it was time to be there for my mother, my father was there. When it was time to teach his children, my father was there. 
When it's time, when counsel needed to be go forth, my father was there. I saw my father's special attention to the details of my home. And that's where you belong. See, the world requires certain things. And you have, it's like Jesus said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and give it to God what is God's. If they've left, if you leave you with anything is this. The importance of how I treat my wife in front of my children. The, how, the importance of how much attention I pay attention. How much attention I pay to her. You know, her advice, her counsel. You know, do your children even see you talk? As it pertains to conversate. Sitting down at the table and conversating with the family. All those things are important because they see them. We are out of time. You may stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.